Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with Sarah Whitmire, the News Bureau Chief of WFIU and WTIU. Today we're going to talk about uh, Little 500 and what happened uh, last weekend. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you can phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can join a live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition, and you will be talking with... Uh, Dana Cummings, the director of the Indiana University Student Foundation, Michael Dekoff, police chief of the Bloomington Police Department, and Susan Bright, the co-owner of Nick's English Hut. So thanks for being here with us today. It was actually um, maybe not as wild a little 500 weekend as sometimes we we expect. So Dana, why don't you uh, talk first about, you know, from your perspective, how'd last weekend go? Well, it was great. Um, we had a great weekend, two really exciting races. The women's race uh, was on Friday afternoon, and the men's race was on Saturday afternoon. Uh, weather, of course, is really important to us for both um, both the races. And uh, Friday could have been a little better, probably, but um, we, we got through with no rain, maybe a little spitting snow, but no rain. Uh, and then Saturday was absolutely beautiful, and we just we couldn't have been more pleased. So um, two great races, very exciting. Uh, Delta Gamma won for the women and beta one for the men um and so all in all we're pleased the uh, beta race wasn't without a little controversy at the end right? yeah that that's right yeah it was uh coming down the back stretch um between beta and uh, the delts um both two really great teams um and uh, a little bit of controversy afterwards but we we were confident that our chief steward made the right call and was able to talk to both teams and get th- get things uh, straightened out so I mean, all's well that ends well. Mm-hmm. So the race, of course, is the centerpiece, but there's a whole week of activity. And uh, some of it great, some of it not so great. Mike Dekoff, how was, how was Little Five Week for you? Actually, for, for us, it was a pretty good weekend also. It was not as busy as has been the past several years. Our arrests were down. Um, we only made 32 arrests, um, which has is the lowest number we've made in, in many years. Um, Weren't as many large parties. Um, I, th- I think the weather probably had a lot to do with that. It was colder, um, so people don't tend to gather outside and, and uh, party as much. Um, so it was it was it was a good weekend, and nobody was seriously hurt. Um, our arrests were down, and I, th- I think people had a good time. So they were all inside at Nick's. <laughs> Inside at next, they started early and ended late. Yeah. So where where's Little Five Hundred in terms of you know I know you have benchmark weekends at, at Nix. Where's Little Five Hundred fit in? Well, if you look at it from a finances um, point of view, it was right up there. Mm-hmm. It was great sales. Uh, the numbers they were in there too. I mean, you didn't see people stay for long periods of time because the weather on Saturday was nice. We started out early with a good lunch crowd, and then people that wanted to stay and watch the race, you know, they had a good base on them, and then they stayed and drank and watched the race, and then that Mm -hmm. crowd kind of takes an exodus, and then the night crowd comes in, and all craziness, you know, kicks in. But even (laughs) that, I think everybody paced themselves this year. We just had very respectable crowds. Um, Spring was here, and people wanted to be outside. Mm-hmm. So they did a little bit of both, you know, the cold weather, a little bit of sunshine, a little bit inside. Yeah. It was great. Michael, you said there were less than three dozen arrests that you all made. But the number I've been hearing that you all reported, Bob, was 235, I think. So explain the yeah, that, well, there's different. There are different law enforcement agencies that work Little Five. Um, we are one of several. Um, I think the numbers that were reported were citations that the Indiana Excise Police issued. And um, they, their, their sole purpose is alcoholic beverage enforcement. Um, they enforce the laws of, of the Alcoholic Beverage Commission. And, and so they, they wrote a lot more tickets um, than we did. 
Um, so, but yeah. there's a, there's several agencies. We're one, you know, IU has their police department there out. Their state police brings in extra people. Um, Excise is there. The sheriff's department has p- extra people. Um, DNR even has extra people out on the lake. Um, the week leading up to it, um, when we had one of our meetings, they discussed how, um, the, like the the big party boats were all rented. Hmm. Um, so um, they're out enforcing, you know, and making sure people are safe out on the lake too. So. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me how this isn't just a bike race. It really is how you're talking about it extending down to the lake, and it's a whole week. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. surprised how quiet campus was last week. It didn't seem like any students were going to classes. <laughs> <laughs> how I mean, Dana, how has Little Five just evolved since it started? Gosh, um, it certainly has. Uh, it's been around. This was our 63rd running of the men's race. So the first race happened back in 1951. Um, and so it, it's really come a long way. And certainly uh, the ancillary activities around the bike races have sort of cropped up um, as the years have gone by. Um, some of them are just, you know, parties. Um, but but other events have cropped up around as well. Um, the, the union board, for one, always puts on a concert. And so, of course, this year, Macklemore uh, and Ryan Lewis were the headliners for that. And and so that was a great partnership for us at the Student Foundation. Um, and then there's always a step show as well. Um, and we were proud to sponsor that. And that was Saturday night after the men's race. So those are just a couple of examples of, um, of so maybe uh, some of the legitimate activities that, that happen around Little 500. But um, it is definitely a week-long celebration with all kinds of things going on on campus. It's just a, an exciting time for campus. Macklemore's Real big on NPR, right? I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. My students I, definitely do. I can right. tell you that. <laughs> um, the, you mentioned the 63rd running of the men's race. It was also, I think, the 29th running of the women's race. 26. 26 running. Yep. It's. I mean, the the whole event has changed a lot in that regard when i mm-hmm. first got to bloomington and i'm sure that mike can remember this susan's younger than we are so she <laughs> might not but there were you know there were the trike races right. the, the mini 500 mm-hmm. was on friday night and that's just seems like a different era now i totally remember <laughs> <laughs> school in 81 okay. <laughs> yeah um you know Absolutely, it's it's come a long way, and now you know the the women's race is is really an athletic spectacle, um, just as the men's. And the women train all year long; they're incredible athletes, um, and that's definitely changed a lot since the trike race days. Uh, this year was, I believe, the fourth year um, in the history of the women's race that we have had a full field um, of women's teams. So that speaks a lot about you know about it that that we actually uh, we had to cut a team. So every year in March um, we have what qualifications. Um, this year it was held on March 23rd at Bill Armstrong Stadium, where teams, both men's and women's teams, actually do have to come out and compete against one another and earn a spot on the field for race day. 33 women's teams and 33 men's teams. So um, as you can imagine, I mean, in years past, we had trouble just getting women's teams to want to participate. And now we're at a point where they actually, some, some of the teams don't make it. So I think that says a lot about how far the event has come. Could you uh, sort of take us back to the not the beginning exactly, but just to the the purpose of the race. This is a this is to fund scholarships, correct? And sometimes that gets lost mm-hmm. in the in the translation. We're talking about all the fun events and all the other events that are fun for a while for people until <laughs> right. they get out of hand. Uh, but the but the financial end of it and the scholarships are a big part of it. Yeah, and uh, that's something that we really tried to highlight this year. Um, every year with Little 500, our students, um, the students who are running the show at, at the Indian University Student Foundation, um, they're charged with coming up uh, with a theme for the races this year. Um, and this year they chose Philanthropy in Motion. That was our theme for this year. Uh, and it was really, as I said, it was completely spearheaded by them. And it was their uh, their attempt to, to just kind of raise awareness about that. Um, the event has been around a long time and people kind of have forgotten uh, maybe a little bit the original intent of, of Little 500 um, when it was envisioned all those years ago was to raise money for student scholarships here on campus. So our students, they were inspired by the... Um, uh, philanthropy at work uh, signs, which are up all around campus in front of building projects that are going on, most notably probably Kaufman Field right there on the bypass because everybody drives by there and sees that. And so the students saw those signs and they said, you know, we, we really want to do something about this. We want to make sure that um, others on campus know uh, how important philanthropic support is. And so that's where that came from. And um, it was a great theme for us this year. So, And what kind of money do you raise? 
uh, this year in total, it was just over one hundred and seventy seven thousand dollars that we're able to award to students, uh, both in the form of scholarships and then grants as well. We have a a pretty robust uh, grant program at the Student Foundation deserving student groups that have ideas for really cool projects, um, whether it's locally on campus or even some international projects. We're able to fund those as well um, through the proceeds from Little 500. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's certainly raising a lot of money, but I'm wondering when we're talking about all these sort of ancillary things that are happening, these parties. We saw the thing with the sorority house that mm-hmm. had the homeless party. Mm-hmm. In some ways, has it gotten out of hand and gotten away from its original mission? And probably Dana and Michael, both of you. Yeah, I would probably um, look to Mike to talk about maybe some of the ancillary things. But um, certainly from our perspective, I mean, what we're we're very singularly focused at the Student Foundation on just what happens up at the track on race day. So um, and what we try to tell people, you know, when they maybe call in and say, hey, I was thinking about bringing my kids, but, you know, I'm not so sure, you know, <laughs> I do read the paper. And um, what we tell them is, you know, once you get in, inside the gates, definitely it's a very family-friendly event. Um, you know, it's a safe place to be. So, uh, and I think this year actually at the women's race, there were zero arrests um, made actually there, you know, on on our site. So um, I, I can really only speak to that, I suppose, uh, just in terms of what we're able to do um, that weekend. And so for us, we focus on that and, and, and some of the ancillary things. I guess I'd look to Mike on that. You know, I think if you, if you look back um, over the history of it, I think you know, 20, 25 years ago when we had a lot of problems, we had um, you know, basically riots are trying to turn ambulances over in, in Varsity Villa. And, and um, you know, I, I, I would agree then that, it, yeah, it's it's gotten out of hand. You know, it was it was advertised as the world's greatest college weekend in a big party scene, and people would come from all over the place just, just to party. Um, you know, after we had a couple of incidents on the north side of town um, around the stadium, you know, law enforcement um, – got together and, and we really cracked down on, on enforcement of things. And, and um, you know, people were getting hurt. Um, you know, I still, I still remember, um, you know, you could, not, you could not get into Varsity Villas because it was just people everywhere. You, you couldn't drive. And um, so, you know, at, from, at that point, we required all of our officers to work. State police would bring in all kinds of extra people. IU required all their people. And so um, we really stepped up enforcement. We stepped up enforcement, you know, the weeks before the event because people would start partying on weekends and we wanted to really get the message across that we were not going to tolerate, you know, this type of behavior. So, but of course, you have to do that for five, six years because you get somebody that's a freshman that experienced it. They're still here four more years, three, four more years. And so you have to um, you have to kind of change the culture. And it takes years to do that. And um, for us, the past couple of years, we haven't even required all of our people to work um, where we, we went through a phase where we did and, and we needed everybody. We just haven't had the need for. Um, all of those people to work the last couple of years. And that was the case this year. Um, I think it was, um, again, we just we just did not see the big parties. And, and I, I think that also, um, you know, there have been different things that have been done. You know, we instituted the Quiet Nights program, which we, we really st- um, cracked down on enforcing the noise ordinance. And I think that has gone a, a long way to really curbing the, the large, you know, you know, you hear about keggers. That's what it was called when I was in college, and and I don't know if they still do that. I, I, I guess we refer to you if you know the students. <laughs> Probably refer about to that, Susan. But, <laughs> um, but you know, we're, we just don't see the large parties like we used to. They're much smaller parties, and um, you know, and so and and there are all kinds of problems associated with with the big parties. You know, there's 200 people in your house, and you don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we always have people say, well, I had this party and my, you know, my computer got stolen or something like that. And, and uh, um, but again, this year it was just it was much different. There were they were smaller parties or we didn't have the large ones and we just had fewer arrests. Mm-hmm. Susan, you had something to add to that. Right? Yeah, I, I've seen the evolution as a individual and also as a manager of uh, a bar restaurant. And I can say, you know, the culture has definitely changed from when I went to school. And why is that? Some of the reasons Mike mentioned. But I also believe some of the philanthropic causes are coming Mm -hmm. through. I mean, 
I see NICS changing over its 86 years of existence. Yeah. You know, once a month we do a CAN benefit, which is a community action night where we, you know, host a party for a group of nonprofit organizations and we donate tips and we donate money. And when I, you know, listen to um, other ways we could promote that, I'm thinking while we're talking, it's like, you know, we should do something on Little Five that also promotes that type of behavior because it's our kids and our education that we want to you know grow our country you know we're not going to change it all as individuals but as a group we unite and make changes so nix has evolved from you know the the bar brawls that you know has happened endlessly through its history they're a little less you know active i would say the food entity comes into part the community as a whole is helping us change our culture not just the individual businesses that we're talking about, I think collectively some of the bars are offering a different ambiance. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it rewarding. Mm-hmm. You know, People come to our place now as families before mm-hmm. the event. Um, one family came in from New York, I heard. They flew in their child and their parents, and they'd never gone to IU. They'd heard of the, you know, the experience. They saw the movie. That movie, it brings it back to life. I mean, there is a definite um, substance behind that movie besides the, the drinking aspects and the party aspects. And so these people were totally excited to experience the whole thing, you know, from going to the men's and the women's race and to Nick's. Yeah. I think the only fight in the movie was in uh, the union, wasn't it, in Breaking <laughs> Away. <so. laughs> All, right. All right. We have a phone call. Mike is on the phone. Um, Mike, go ahead. Okay, thanks. Uh, I I have uh, a daughter who is a uh, past champion for the Roadrunners in '97, and uh, and I agree with the panelists. Uh, an extremely athletic event, and uh, you know, and everybody in the stands was really into the sport itself. Uh, what was remarkable. Uh, that same year and a couple years I've gone since, was that the men's race, it was like night and day. Uh, I could hardly walk through the crowd without getting a big gulp, you know, rum and coke spilled all over me. Uh, I noticed that the majority of the crowd was absolutely bombed. uh, And, you know, as opposed to the women's race, which there was no evidence of that at all. I don't know how much that has changed. I have not been to the race in about 10 years. But I just thought I'd kind of throw that out there to see what everybody has to say about, you know, the dry campus, quote-unquote, and what goes on at the men's race in the stands. And I'd hardly call it a family-friendly event based on my experience. So... I'll just hang up and listen. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot for the call. Let me give the numbers again before we get the answer. Uh, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also join a live chat at WFIU.org. So, Dana, uh, the uh, the um, first of all, I guess the differences between the men's and the women's crowds. Mm-hmm. And secondly, uh, Mike's experience from 10 years ago, has that changed? Okay, sure. Um, I'd say certainly the uh, – Friday versus Saturday events are are two different events, as our caller uh, experienced. I think um, the men's race definitely tends to draw a bigger crowd um, and perhaps uh, a rowdier crowd. Uh, it sounds like that's that's what the caller experienced as well. Um, I think you know a few things probably um, contribute to that. First, uh, the men's race has been around longer, has a bigger following. Um, the movie Breaking Away was you know uh, about uh, men riding their bikes versus the women. Also, the women's race is on a Friday afternoon, um, so some students actually, you know, still might have classes or uh, people are working, they're unable to get there. So we, we tend to have a bigger turnout on Saturday. Um, the weather, uh, as we've discussed previously, makes a big difference as well. If it's a beautiful sunny day, people are going to come out. Um, and so we did have uh, a lot of people coming through the gates on Saturday. Um, and then I guess to you know address the, the second point, um, it sounds like maybe uh, the caller didn't have a, a, a a great experience in terms of uh, the family-friendly environment that I'd like to think that it is. Um, We do work very closely with um, our uh, event management 
company that also uh, works all of the athletic events at Indian University ESG. Uh, we also work very closely with IUPD, um, with the police departments here locally. So, um, and I think you know they do a good job when they see things like that. Um, they make sure that they get those people and, and get them out. Um, we try not to let anybody actually in if they're in you know a terrible condition, um, and, and we've had a few of those as well. So we do the best we can, um, and you know, but it is it can be at times um, for students in particular time to celebrate. So um, I'm not surprised, I guess, that he did run into a couple of rowdy guys. Well, I have a couple uh, questions. How big, I mean, how many people does Bill Armstrong Stadium seat? How many people we, might be there? We tend to have, over the course of the weekend, about 20,000 people um, that come out for for both races. Um, now, some of those are the are the same people. They might, you know, come to both to both events. Um, I haven't seen the final numbers yet, but um, I, I think the, the initial counts were um, the women's race was about 8,000. Um, this year in the men's race was closer to 13,000 people mm-hmm. um, that came out. Are there any efforts to uh, uh, separate like student sections from the families and general population like they do at like, like a basketball or a football game? Yeah, we do actually do that. Um, the students, as you might imagine, they, they tend to want to sit behind their pits. Um, so, for example, you know, if you're, if you're a student and you're a Fidelt, you want to sit right behind the, where the Fidelt bike team is pitting. Um, the pits are you know, set up all around the track just like um, – uh, the Indianapolis 500. So you can kind of see that's why it, it tends to be, uh, I think, a beautiful event um, just sort of aesthetically because you get these big blocks of color as you kind of scan through the bleachers. So the students tend to gravitate toward to behind their pits. And that's definitely an area when we do have our families, our alumni that call in and are looking for some guidance. We don't recommend, you know, those those areas unless unless that's what, you know, they're into. Um <laughs> And uh, but we do have a VIP seating area that's that's a really nice area right in turn four. It's a great view of the finish line. Really exciting place to watch the race, um, and that's where we tend to guide folks um, to that VIP seating area, which is a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. What about the colors question about it being a dry campus and how that fits into all of this? Michael, can you take that one? Well, I, I don't represent Indiana University, so I don't know what their policies are. <laughs> well, I do know what their policies are, but um, yeah. <laughs> I I would say um, in in answer to that uh, that definitely as I said ESG we they do a great job for us they have a lot of people out in full force and uh, students nobody is allowed to bring in any containers to the event or anything like that um, but you know obviously they they come to us in all sorts of <laughs> having been at all sorts of different events I'm sure prior to parties and that kind of thing so they make sure as best they can to keep kids out if they're you know stumbling around but um, you know. Occasionally they get missed. And I can add, you know, I've I've been at the race in, in a law enforcement capacity, and, and they do stop people from bringing coolers in and backpacks, and um, especially this year with um, what happened in Boston, you know, the, the week before. And, um, you know, there was a, a concentrated effort to make sure that there were no packages brought in. Um, so, but again, there are a lot of people that, that you know, you couldn't easily hide a bottle of alcohol inside your coat, and they're not going to pat down everybody to, to make sure they're not bringing stuff into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Susan? Yeah, Nix is also involved with its seating arrangements. Basically, anybody wanting to come in and respectably watch the game stays downstairs. That's where our families can be because we can have under 21 in the building and the downstairs. And then the upstairs crowd is the younger crowd. So I think we've just... Um, gravitated towards the party crowd upstairs, the family mm-hmm. crowd downstairs. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. I love walking the whole building and seeing every entity, you know, enjoying themselves. And they're all having an extra level of energy exuberated throughout the building. And when that unites, you know, the top floor and the bottom floor just blend. We're just one unit all having fun watching this fabulous race. Mm-hmm. Still kind of surprised me when I see a four-year-old in Nick's, but... That's just my history here, I guess. All right. We're going to have to take a short break. Um, We're talking about the Little 500, the the race, the weekend, everything that goes along with it. Uh, We have three guests, Dana Cummings, director of the Indiana University Student Foundation, Mike Dekoff, police chief from the Bloomington Police Department, and Susan Bright, the co-owner of Nix. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. You can take WFIU with you by downloading our podcast directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8.30 during Morning Edition, just before Noon Edition, and at 5.45 during All Things Considered. They're also archived on our website, WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Sarah Whitmire from WFIU-WTIU. She's the News Bureau Chief here. And uh, we have three guests in the studio with us talking about Little 500. Uh, Dana Cummings, the director of the IU Student Foundation. Mike Dekoff, the police chief for the city of Bloomington. And Susan Bright, the co-owner of Nick's English Hut. If you want to join the conversation, please call us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. So um, Mike and Dana and Susan, all of you, I mean, Mike referenced the uh, bombing at the Boston Marathon uh, just the week before. Um, then Little Five was coming up. I mean, what what kind of um, alterations did you all have to make to your your plans after that happened and just in consideration of what can happen, Mike? Well, we, we uh, as I stated, we had had several law enforcement meetings prior to the event. Um, as the events became more known in Boston, we had meetings um, to discuss security plans and, and things we would need to implement um, to, to try to make the race as safe as possible. And um, I know that IUPD had uh, additional meetings with event staff at the at the stadium, um, and there were several things that were that were added and done differently to to try to ensure everyone's safety for that event. Mm-hmm. Dana, yeah, I think Mike touched on most of it. I mean, from our perspective at the Student Foundation, um, you know, that's that's not our area of expertise, so that's why we work really closely with ESG, the event management company, um, as well as uh, IUPD. Um, and so, obviously, it was it was right on our radar. Um, we uh, wanted to make sure that this race uh, was as safe as possible. Um, it's always important to us the safety of of both the participants as well as all of the attendees is is always something that we think about. Um, and so, we we enforced all the things that we have in years past, but also as Mike referenced. Um, there were a few additional things that they did this year, um, kind of in collaboration with one another, um, just to, to for that added measure, that added security. So, mm-hmm. and it worked. Good, Susan. And we're always adding levels of security as we become better at doing our job. We add more levels of security to prevent things from happening. I mean, we're giving out the drug that causes a lot of this to happen. Um, we don't have verification of what alcohol does to everybody, but as a whole, it does something that's a little bit different. And so we have to be prepared to take care of the crowd in the corner that is over obnoxious mm-hmm. and um, causing other customers ill will. Mm-hmm. And so we had more security people. We installed cameras um, the 1st of January, not just for Little Five, just for our business as a whole so we can better monitor our building is very large when you're one manager managing during the nighttime you can't be in all five rooms at the same time but you can have this camera device that you can see the other rooms if somebody calls and says hey we got this problem and the who's your room and quickly look at a camera and we can record different activity that's happening in case we need it for later viewing mm-hmm. but in all, we were we were in good shape. I think we did the right preventative steps. In a sort of related to that, and this is not just Little Five Weekend, but Susan, what what kinds of um, steps do you take to make sure that nobody under twenty one gets in and can drink? 
Well, we've always had very knowledgeable doormen that would look at everybody's ID when they walked in. Um, you know, years ago when I was getting in, they would let you know fake IDs get in. Yeah, I, I'm testified to that. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I think there's like two layers of evidence that needs to be looked at. And once they do get in, it's not just the responsibility of the doorman; it's the responsibility of the servers and the bartenders because it's their liquor license that they could lose. They can get fined. Nick's can get fined as well. So what we do to help them is anybody that looks under 21 but is over 21, so like in that 21 to 30-year range, we put a stamp on their their arms. Mm -hmm. So the waitress can say instead of, can I see your ID? It's like, oh, have you been stamped? So they can just turn over their wrist. And that's just another layer we put in um, after the Lauren Spears case because that was directed towards bars over-serving underage children, and we didn't want to become in that category. Mm-hmm. For all of you, how is preparing for Little Five Weekend different than just preparing for you know, football tailgating, for example? you want to start? It's somewhat similar because the football season brings people in like Friday morning, Friday afternoon. They're coming for lunch. They're staying for the whole weekend, and they leave on Sunday. Little Five basically starts in our business like Wednesday, and it continues wow. through Sunday. So it's a little bit longer, requires more staff to work more hours, um, plays a toll on people. And I do know some staff get a little edgy by the end of Saturday night, and they've worked long hours with people they don't necessarily associate themselves with. So they're trying to maintain law and order. Um, I just make sure, you know, we give out bonus money when, <laughs> when it's due. You know, people are very happy when people receive something unexpected, and so that's been fun for me to do. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dana? Do you have any experience in this, just how it how it's different? Um, obviously, Little 500 is our event, so we're uh, really focused on that. We don't do a lot um, with, the, with the football season. However, um, the IU Student Foundation is a student organization. We have usually about 300 or so student members each semester, um, and, and I get really close with my students, and, and they, they definitely partake in all the, um, the celebration that happens around football season. So, um, you know, f- during football season, I just try to keep an eye on my kids and make sure they're staying out of trouble. I think Little Five has more of a party atmosphere, mm-hmm. and... Um, it is longer. It's it's it encompasses the whole week, uh, where football weekends are usually just the weekend. Uh, I think football football games attract um, an older crowd, and so they most times tend to behave maybe a little bit better and are a little more responsible than than the, the typical student might be. Uh, okay, I have to share this little anecdote about <laughs> how long this week can be. My my wife tells this story. She was in line at. Uh, uh, a local restaurant waiting to pick up a to-go order and two young IU women were in front of her and one of, it was like the Thursday of Little Five Week and one of them said, oh man, I I can't drink today. And the other one the other one said, well, I thought we were going to Mike's party tonight. And she said, well, I can drink tonight. I just can't drink today. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Anyway. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's funny you mentioned that though because um, it was probably midweek last week and um I saw a uh, SUV being loaded with cases of beer, which, you know, you don't always see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The numbers, again, 855-0811-877-285-9348. And the live chat, if you want to join us, wfiu.org slash noon edition. We're talking about Little 500 and Little 500 weekend here. Mike, you mentioned the 32 arrests that BPD made. Um, I know, you know, Sarah referred to the 235 citations that Excise had. Um, I, I think one misconception is that those are all students. What was what was the, the no, there, breakdown for? There were. Um, I don't know the total numbers, but I know that there were a lot of um, OWI arrests that were made this this weekend, which. Um, you know, some of those can be students, but some of those are not students also. Uh, you know, we also have to deal with everything else that's going on in the city. So um, it's not all just student-related, little 500-related mm-hmm. arrests. There are other – you know, we make arrests every day. So it's – it's uh, that number includes – I think it's from 6 p.m. Friday night to 6 a.m. Sunday morning. So, um, you know, there, it's possible if I would go back and look that there would be football weekends that were busier – 
arrest-wise than, than this weekend. Mm-hmm. Dana, I don't know if you've heard the number, but I, I, the number sticking in my mind that it was like 80 IU students who were among those 235 arrests, and the rest were you people know, from it's, it's interesting you, you, know, you, you brought that up because traditionally over the last several years, there are more people from out of town arrested than there are IU students. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, I think that gets back to, you know, how the event has been built in the past. And, and um, it helps that Purdue has their, their Grand Prix the same weekend as Little Five. Mm-hmm. Um, because, it, I mean, you get people just coming because they know it's a big it's, – it's traditionally been a big party weekend. Mm-hmm. I feel like Susan sort of touched on that a little bit, a clientele you're not used to. But how do you really enforce the law when you're dealing with people who, who don't know the tradition here and how you have sort of created this new culture in the last few years? Well, we, we, we approach it as we just enforce the law the way it is. And, um, you know, it's, it's – uh, the, one of the big things we've always tried to to get the message out about is, um, especially when we talk to student groups, you know, prior to Little Five, they all have friends that show up, and what we try to tell them is take care of your friends because inevitably what happens is is we will come across someone who is intoxicated, they have no idea where they're at, they have no idea um, where their friend may live, um, so we can't we can't get them reunited with their with their group. Um, so the last, the, our last resort is to to take them into custody then and put them someplace safe. So it, it you know, we we do talk to a lot of student groups leading up to it, and and those are really things we stress because, um, you know, it, it it leads to all kinds of problems if if it's, um, you know, they're at a party and especially with young women, they don't if they're not from here, they're not students here, and they go to parties, you know, and they're intoxicated, things just don't turn out well, and. So it's it's really important for the the people the students who do live here to keep an eye on your friends that are from out of town because they get lost they have no idea where they're at. When I've only lived here about three years, and one of the things I was told not long everyone knows I'm a fuddy dud, and and I was I was cautioned against even going downtown in Little Five weekend. So I'm wondering if you all see that that it's locals maybe avoid Nick's locals avoid the race. I'd, well, they avoid Nick's at that time. <laughs> I mean, we're known to draw a large crowd of people that are intoxicated, and the lines to get in the building are long. And so the locals, they don't want to stand in line. I mean, I think we let our first person in a half hour before we even opened. And, you know, they were sitting at booth 205 with two Bloody Marys kicking off the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. They avoid it. But, you know, to us, it's just a tradition. I mean, like I'm just looking at my shirt, you know, Nick's is an IU tradition. So we not only have to uphold Nick's tradition, we have to uphold IU's tradition because, I mean, we represent IU as much as, you know, any other business in the community. And so we have to set the um, sort of the rules down and be the leader for our community. And at one point I was thinking when Mike was talking, I was like, well, everybody should come into Nick's because somebody's supervising all those drinks. Whereas mm-hmm. parties, there's nobody supervising. Everybody's just having a good time. At least if they come into one of the bar restaurants, you do have your servers and bartenders that have been trained to look out for over-serving. Mm-hmm. But that, I shouldn't really want that upon us. I mean, it's already crazy. <laughs> I do want the parties out there. I don't want them all in. We do yeah. as the um, as the coordinators of, of the event. We do hear um, kind of what you were referencing, just you know, from locals or or folks maybe on faculty. You know, oh gosh, little five hundred weekend, got to get out of Dodge. You know, sort of a thing. And when whenever I hear that, I try to take the opportunity to remind them that um, you know, all in all, it really is um, a great event. Um, just as Susan was saying, for Indian University, it's a great tradition. Um, it is a philanthropic event, and again, that's really why we we chose to highlight that this year with our our theme, Philanthropy in Motion. Um, and since the, the event's inception in 1951, we've been able to award over $1.5 million in scholarships to deserving students. And so just um, I encourage everybody to, to kind of try to remember that um, as best they can, that it is really, I think, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's a positive thing for our community and certainly for Indiana University. 
All right, our phone numbers again, 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the local calling area. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition if you have questions or comments about uh, Little 500 and Little 500 Weekend, which was last week. Um, yeah, I have a, a couple of responses, I guess, from uh, my perspective. I think what Sarah said is true. You know, the, the a lot of us will say, oh, I'm not going near downtown, but – I've sort of experienced the thought that the time that I want to go downtown is usually not going to be wild anyway. You know, when, I, when I'm home by 9 o'clock, there's yeah. no problem. You're not out at 3 in the morning? <laughs> not usually, no. No, occasionally if I work late and I'm heading for home, I'll see your lights down there flashing when before I turn. But uh, And the other, the other uh, point, uh, you know, what Mike said about uh, – trying to encourage students to stay together and and a few friends from out of town you know i'm mr anecdote this week but we had an experience three years ago where a young you know close uh, well actually a niece let me just say that a niece (laughs) who shall remain nameless um you know i went and hauled her my wife and i went and hauled her out of a yard in our neighborhood she's from ball state she had no idea where she was but she managed to call home you know our other relatives called us we went and got her at three in the morning and had a real nice chat until they <laughs> picked her up at 6 a.m. So, so it's the same kind. I mean, that stuff happens, and people will get lost and separated from their, their IU friends, and that's a really dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, Bob, we saw the horrible story. I think it was in your paper. It might have been the IDS this morning about the woman who had filed rape charges against against a guy. And you see that stuff happening mm-hmm. right. in a big weekend like this. The, um, the university is, um, I don't know how much you've heard about it, but they've initiated something just in the last couple of years called IU's Culture of Care. Um, and again, that's a real, it's a, it's a, completely student-initiated project, and it's really gotten a lot of traction in the last couple of years, really to get at exactly those issues and some of the things that Mike was referencing as well, just, you know, hey, don't don't leave your friends, you know, and if you see something that looks suspicious, do something about it, act on it, you know, pick up the phone and make that phone call. Um, And so uh, I've been very encouraged. Um, There there definitely are students at Indian University who care a lot about one another and are trying to make it a safe environment for everyone. So. We have a phone call, so uh, if you guys want to listen in, it's Willard on the phone. Willard? Hello. Hey, go ahead. Hello. Hello, Susan. <laughs> Hello, Willard. <laughs> Long-time Bloomington res- or, um, resident, and I think we fall into a trap by dreading events like the Little Five and and football games. Well, we have to keep in mind that how much money that brings into the community and how it trickles down to everybody in the community. So, you know, don't. It's not all negative. Well, and it allows for all these philanthropic, you know, events to go on. And I think after talking to Dana today that we're going to try and partnership something up mm-hmm. with the Student Foundation and Nick's so we can keep uh-huh. pushing that forward. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know, it brings money to chains, the whole service industry, chains and independence alike. And that's what keeps this community going. So, Right. Willard, you're absolutely right. We're 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 making we're making a little few jokes, but uh, I think we recognize that. Well, I, I worked at Nick's for a long time, and I did many little fives, and I know the feeling. But we have to keep everything in mind. Yep, absolutely. Well, we appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you, Willard. Thanks, thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight, and you can join the live chat at wfiu dot org slash noon edition. Um, in terms of that economic um, boost that weekends like this give to the city, Susan, can you sort of think about you know what are the are there five, six, seven weekends that Nix is particularly busy? Ten, twelve that really stand out, or is it just Boy, with the basketball season so good this year, and then football season, I mean, it's just carried on through those different uh, events. So, I mean, the whole community should be feeling a wealth of, you know, money coming in. And it makes it easier to operate a business because you have a different proportion of your money going to um, food costs, and you have so much more just coming in as income, since I also do our finance I see that, you know, the profit margin goes up, so everybody's business should be a little bit more. Even though it costs more to have staff on board, it doesn't compare to the amount of revenues that it's bringing in. So I'm grateful for it. I couldn't 
substantiate that level of excitement, you know, 365 <laughs> days a year. <laughs> and once basketball season was over, you know, everybody could breathe a little bit more. And everybody from, you know, the dishwasher to the, the, the buyer, the you know, doorman, I mean, everybody has their own level of stress when those big events go on. So I like to have the ebb and flow. I like to have the summer mm-hmm. to regroup. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the flow of graduation weekend, which will be coming up? Real soon. You made a comment. It's like it's there's more supervision. Like I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) What you see happening at our place is the parents that have been hearing about Sink the Biz all year round. Mm. You know, they're like, okay, four years later, I'm going to find out how to play this game, (laughs) and they are having so much fun with their kids Mm -hmm. that. We have to supervise the young and the old. Uh-huh. We, have, we have officers that joke about um, arresting both, you know, dad and son together. Um, so, <laughs> oh, we've had the dad want their under twenty one to come in and have drinks. You know, they're like, "Oh, we'll watch them. It's okay. We'll go upstairs, but I'll keep an eye on them." It's like, no, "I'm sorry, we legally can't let your under twenty one upstairs." And then, you know, they sit downstairs and he tries to, you know, give them a beer. It's like, we can't do that. We have to follow the law. You want us to be in business next year when you come back? Let us do our thing. And Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I have actually witnessed that kind of thing even after a basketball or a football game when we've been in. And you you see these groups and it's parents and kids sitting together. And the people that seem like they're most intoxicated often are the parents. I guess they're not used to it. You know, football games are the worst for that, tailgating, because you'll have the family affair partying together, and then they'll be they'll be providing alcohol to the underage child, and, um, you know, everybody's intoxicated. And then when something happens and the parents want to argue with, with the police about, well, it's okay, I said he could do it. It's like, well, no, it's not okay because there's a law that says he can't do it. And so, How does it work when you work when you bring in other agencies from around the state, earlier we were talking about DNR, ISP, how do you know? I mean, do you call them in? Or? Yeah, we have um, meetings leading up to Little Five, and then we have a command post that's at, at our department where we have a representative from each agency, um, all the law enforcement agencies, ambulance service, fire department. They all come to our location, and, and everybody has the computers up so you can see what everybody's doing. So it's, it's a coordinated effort. So if, if we need um, if, if IU has something going on and they need, you know, additional resources, instead of them calling, they've got somebody already in the command post that's monitoring what they're doing, is sitting right next to somebody from, you know, maybe our department or the, the fire department or something like that, where they just say, hey, we need we need this here. And so it, it cuts down on um, the time, the amount of time it takes to contact the other agency to get them going because they're, somebody, they're, they're both looking at the problem together. Is there an expense associated with that? So I'm wondering, Dana, if it's a case where Bloomington police can't handle security for Little Five because you also have a city to protect. Um, does that expense then get passed on to you? Yes. Yeah, it would. I mean, we, um, you know, Little 500 certainly it, it costs money. Um, and so we do pay um, anybody who's working the event in terms of um, protecting us. So if it's ES- ESG, um, IUPD, certainly they, they do get compensated for that. And then I believe the way it works is kind of then it gets divvied up, um, you know, on the back end. So we, we wouldn't necessarily be cutting a check to these guys. But um, yeah, we, we add additional officers at the race this year <clears throat> and we will submit a bill to the university and they'll reimburse us for that. Okay. Same as football. We get reimbursed. <laughs> by the University for Football, our officers at work at the football games. I want to ask just real quick about the citations that were issued. You know, it was a more than has ever been issued Little Five weekend. So is that a case where we're truly making an impact and we're changing behavior? And that's why more people are getting arrested or are we not changing behavior? I, I think the... Uh I think that's kind of the mission of the excise police is they're wanting to change the behavior of people and, and um, that's how they do it. Um, it's it's real easy. I mean, that's their that's their main focus is is enforcing alcoholic beverage laws. So it's it's not difficult for them to say go sit in the stadium parking lot and have people come to them to cite them um, because there's. I mean, you can always see large groups of people walking from you know campus to the the north part of the, the of the city where the apartment complexes are. So you've got groups of people walking, and so it's. They don't get dispatched to calls like the other law enforcement agencies do. There's this, there's this all um, proactive type of enforcement, whereas ours is proactive and reactive. We, get, we have to respond to radio calls. 
And so you, you've got – they can go sit in a busy area and just watch to look for people who look intoxicated. Um, so that, that's how they, they generate higher numbers than, than other agencies do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana, we've got about mm, two and a half or three minutes to go, and I wanted to go b- back to you for a minute. We've been talking a lot about the, uh, you know, the outside things that go on. But your group, the Student Foundation, I assume, is probably starting uh, pretty much right now working on next year's race. So what's, yeah, what's the flow of things for getting ready for next year? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, um, at the IU Student Foundation, as I said, we're a student organization on campus just like um, any other student organization. And by the way, there are lots of them. There are about 800 student organizations on IU's campus these days. Um, and so we recruit our students. We have membership um, around 300 to 350 or so students each semester. Our students do get involved, um, and they begin right away planning planning for next year's Little 500. We divvy them up into committees. Um, so the leadership for next year has already been selected. Um, they'll go on their summer break, and when they come back in the fall, we'll hit the ground running and get ready mm-hmm. for April. So they'll be, I assume, at one committee will be picking entertainment, trying to figure that out? Yes. Um, the, that group works really closely with um, Union Board on campus to, to select um, the, the concert. Um, uh, and then as well, uh, we always have VIPs that come to the race, and we, we reach out and get those important people um, coming in and getting them all taken care of. So, um, and a variety of other things that the students are working on. So Now, there, there are... There's, seems like there are more, there's more than one concert every year, but how many are sponsored by uh, the Student Foundation and how many are sponsored by other groups? Well, we, it's, it's our responsibility of the Student Foundation to take really good care of the brand Little 500. It's actually owned by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, um, and they, they allow us to use it. So we, we protect it very carefully, and so we only allow certain groups to use it. And the Union Board concert is the official Little 500 concert every year. Um, they're the only ones that get to use our name. Mm-hmm. Do you have some suggestions for some entertainment, Bob? <laughs> oh, I, well, uh, uh, the monkeys. How about that? <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> well, we are, we are out of time. Unless anybody has any last thoughts you want to offer, we're, we're out of time for today. No, I can't wait till next year. Okay. <laughs> thank right. you guys very much. All right. I want to thank Dana Cummings, Mike Dekoff, and Susan Bright for being here with us. And Sarah Whitmire, thank you. It's always fun. Thank you, Bob. It was uh, fun. All right. And for Mary Catherine, our usual co-host, uh, producers Gretchen Frazee and Emily Wright, and engineer Mike Fashkash. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net.